Hello, everyone. Welcome to the latest episode of the Health and Money Podcast. My name is Ted Stevenow. And today we're going to continue our read-through of the book, Downsize Sooner Than Later, 18 Rules for Retirement Success. We've actually made it to Rule 18. There's one more show after this one. We're going to talk about something called Sequence of Returns. Uh, but today we're doing Rule 18. It's actually a pretty short chapter, so maybe this won't be a super long show. But uh, this this covers the last rule from the book. And, and uh, so without further delay, let's let's jump right in. So Rule 18, Income is the Answer. This is on page 137 if you have a copy of uh, the book uh, in physical form from, from Amazon. So here we go. I want to conclude our discussions with a final rule to help sum up all the others. I once answered the following question in an online forum. What's the one thing that makes you the happiest in retirement? Given the rules we have discussed, if I had to circle back and pick just one, what would it be? What's the cornerstone? What's the base upon which all the other rules stand and can be built? What's the one thing that, if you had it nailed down, would make all the other things easier and more possible? Is it downsizing, budgeting, investing, routines, diet, exercise, pursuing meaning, or something else? Certainly all of those are very important, but my answer was simple. Of all the retirees I know, the ones with guaranteed income are the happiest. I went on to explain that this means having enough combined income from Social Security, pensions, and annuities to cover basic bills for a lifetime. After that, staying productive, healthy, and fulfilled are important, but without the core security of knowing that financially you will have your essential bills paid, a roof over your head, food, transportation, healthcare, heating and cooling, etc., it's just not the same. My two most notable retiree heroes, inspirational, someday I want to live like them friends, both have significant sources of guaranteed income as well as other investments and part-time love to do work. One of the two regularly travels internationally with his wife yet has still managed to accumulate millions in legacy for his family. My wife and I joined them on a recent trip to Maui. Though now in his mid-80s, we snorkeled coral reefs together and biked through the clouds down the 21-mile face of Mount Haleakala. He and his wife are undaunted. Free from gnawing worry about the condition of personal finances, they are focused on living fully and maximizing quality time spent with the people they care about the most. Their positive outlook and will to finish strong offer a shining example of how fulfilling and enjoyable late life can be. My other top retiree hero is more of a 48 contiguous states kind of guy. He's always posting on social media the incredible things he and his wife are doing, places they are going, wineries, bed and breakfast, time with grandkids, and on and on. On many occasions I have found myself taken aback by the exceedingly high level of overall joy in his world. To say that his life is overflowing with meaning is obvious. It's the scope of it that's so amazing. I remember asking him, what's the secret? Unprompted, he smiled widely, clapped and rubbed his hands together, and exclaimed, I have an annuity, baby. He went on to explain that he didn't have to worry about the market or many of the financial issues other people worry about. He knew he and his wife were going to get a check in the mail every month to cover their expenses for the rest of their lives. This is security. The freedom to live fully, day to day, without financial worry. It makes fulfillment and enjoyment more possible when you are not in angst about buying groceries, making ends meet, or otherwise running out of money. Add to this the concept of planting a money tree that you do not disturb to grow wealth throughout retirement and the circle is complete. Income and growth, truly, this is having your cake and eating it too. But if I had to pick just one, the beachhead, the foothold, the stepping off place, income is the answer. Take care of yourself. Take care of your spouse. Make sure there will always be money coming in to cover the inevitable bills that must be paid. This will provide you with a lasting means of dignity, freedom, peace of mind, and shelter from the rain. From such a solid foundation, go on to build your happiest, most fulfilling, and successful retirement. And that's it.
the final chapter to the book, the 18th rule. Highlights to, to discuss or to, to go back and think about on, on this, this very brief chapter is that I, I believe the, the web post where I posted that, that income is the answer uh, re- response to what's the most important thing or the thing that makes you happiest in retirement is still out there. I think it's Quora was where, I, where I put it. Ever since I started studying retirement in more detail and reading all these books and getting all this information, I just, um, in the beginning days when I, when I learned about how people could insure their incomes, I thought, man, because I just had lived in that, that portfolio-based retirement world where you know just people are going to save money, they're going to get this basket of, of money when they retire, they're going to have to figure out how to live with those funds throughout the rest of their lives. And to make those funds last. I mean, there was the sense that that was possible. That's what people would do. That, that's, that's just how everyone does this. And then, you know, I just saw reality where people were living a lot longer and they were finding themselves dealing with all kinds of financial issues in terms of the market going up and down and just going through the dot-com bubble, going through 2008, 2009. And it just made me see that this idea of having this basket that's just supposed to last indefinitely is just a lot more challenging than it looks. And people have no, you, you, you basically, you, you, you put this responsibility on, on people who, in many cases, I mean, they were a plumber, they were a doctor, a lawyer, a business person, a, just a, you know, a, a kind of person who had a specialized skill or career in a certain space that was not necessarily understanding money and how to how to preserve funds and how to budget and how to just make things work financially. And so I don't want to throw out like just like a blank criticism of like the system's terrible and we should do something different and it ought to be changed. It's just um, I just want to acknowledge the fact that, wow, this is hard for people, people who are not our people are not prepared for this. And, and even inside of a couple where, you know, one spouse may be the money person and the other spouse kind of just doesn't handle that because the other person does. And if the money person passes away, then the remaining spouse is kind of left dealing with this. I, I also saw financial firms that were supposed to be, oh, we take care of your retirement and help you with disbursements and do all this stuff. Um, he, I, well, first of all, I, I saw people select an advisor in the early days who was based on referrals and comfort and references and all this stuff. And, and so that sounds really wonderful in the beginning of retirement. And then what happens is then retirement happens and it might go for 20 or 30 years and that original advisor may retire. He, he, he or she may, you know, pass away on their own. Or it just there's a lot of life left after that moment. And so then what happens is, well, then the account bounces to another person at the firm, or the firm gets bought out, or changes hands, and back and forth. Next thing you know, when the people are very old, they're dealing with a new person or someone they don't know, or they didn't go through that process. You know, and so now it's like, okay, there's this person over here. I have to figure out how to work with. It's sort of like like physicians. I mean, there's just this changing nature of the advisor. And, uh, yeah, I saw people where, frankly, I, you know, I'd look at these firms and say, did anyone meet with these people? Did anyone figure out that they were running out of money? Did anyone stop and say, hey, wait a second, you know, before it was too late? And I, I don't know that I get a satisfactory answer there. And uh, so there's just all these problems emerged. And then I saw the people who were flourishing in retirement. Like, What's going on with these people? Like, how are they doing that? How are people the same age or people carrying on so long and having things work out? Like, what's what's different? And what I started to see was in, in several cases, the, the people who were really doing well or having carefree retirements were people who had these substantial guaranteed income sources, whether it was a pension, uh, whether it was a combination of annuities and Social Security. 
but they were their basic bills were nailed down so that they're not having to worry about selling stocks and dealing with funds and all this portfolio stuff in order to buy milk eggs and bread i mean it was just like a and, and the complexity level is much lower i mean they're not worrying about it and it was so it was, this kind of led me to just see the world differently and i i wondered when i was at the grocery store when i'm at the grocery store today and i and i see you know whether it's a it's a guy but it's more frequently a, a, a woman who is driving the little electric cart through the store and picking out groceries and i, I, mean, I can't tell you how many times i've because now i'm i noticed this i mean or i've, I've had I've just been in a position to help a person like get something off a high shelf because they can't get up and reach it. Then I just wonder, you know, does that person go home and log into their E-Trade account and sell shares in order to to buy groceries? It's just complicated. I mean, and or do these people have stewards? Do they have anybody helping them? Do they know what's going on? I mean, are they making financial decisions because they're watching the TV news or the TV financial networks? I mean, is that the best thing to do? And I just, man, I just started to... I started to just feel this kind of like an empathetic wave or something for some of these folks that were just kind of thrown into this new experiment. So, I mean, there's a lot to say there, and we've talked about some of that in the in the past rules. But here, I just wanted to condense just the sunshine and say, well, you know, what I've really seen is the, is the people who figure out a way to have their basic bills paid and have their basic obligations met with some guaranteed income source or combination of guaranteed income sources, they just have less stress. They're just happier. And it's not just my opinion. I mean, there are studies of this and shows. And so it's it's a thing because it takes this pressure off. And then the other kind of side byproduct of this, especially uh, you know, with the people who I really think of when I'm thinking of my heroes, I mean, they, they all have investments independent of their income. So you know, in one case, I mean, this person, he, he's been an investor for decades and I mean, he helped me when I was originally uh, learning how to invest. And I used to subscribe to a newsletter and call into this call every week and listen to the people talk about stocks. And I mean, it was just informative for me. Well, he, he's been investing in securities and real estate and things like this his, his whole life, in, independent of this income stuff. So he's been able to live and pay his bills and have this peace of mind thing while not eating the investments. We're not having to to consume the investments in order to pay bills on a daily basis. So what's that done? It's enabled him to let those investments ride out the markets. So they, you know, when things were up and down, he wasn't forced to sell into a crashing stock market in order to buy bread, milk, and eggs. He wasn't forced to sell into to difficulty in the markets in order to just to make ends meet. He could let these things sit and recover and have a chance to, to see things from a more longer term perspective. So then he reaches in his, his upper 80s and he's, he's, just got, he's just got wealth and peace of mind. And just it, when, you, when you factor in the absence of the worry about day-to-day expenses and what's happening and staring with fear at the markets, just like we've talked about again in other rules where you can accumulate kind of fear and doubt over the decades or you can have, well, I don't worry about that. So I've got confidence and I build power and momentum, right? Strength, strength. So these two guys, well, they're couples, really, just are just my heroes. I mean, I, I, I want people to feel good about what they've done. And it's not anyone's fault that, that we, we arrive in this space. I talked about this in an earlier podcast where the, where the pension model was kind of side, sidetracked for the 401k model because it was like, oh, the 401k, you can get wealthy and have millions and be rich. And it, was, it didn't seem as exciting for people to have pensions. And people complain about Social Security, you know, like, oh, these high taxes and this money, you know, are you really going to see it? Is it going to be there? And I don't know, just like the popular wisdom or the conventional wisdom in the conversation about retirement assets and, and retirement models, you know, it's just, it just kind of, it's sort of a drift. 
and we've we've lost connection i think with some of the things that were were good good stable models good ideas that would would cause you know a greater sense of security and peace of mind for people uh, that they could use these guaranteed income sources to, to fund their basic expenses so that they have security, that have a fundamental sense of I'm, I'm going to be okay. So, so that's, where, that's really where it came from. I mean, I see these people who've done both things. They have, they have the guaranteed income source or combinations of them, uh, and then they also find a way to have the money tree. And so it was from studying those people that I came up with this, the way of saying this. I thought, well, how can I, how can I exemplify how can I describe their situations what they've done and and that's where I that's where, that's how I created the rules where I where I go through the separation of income from wealth because they're really different things I mean if you look at these people's lives and they're really different things and they have uh, benefited from the the best parts of both sides of this and you know I I just don't hear people in the mainstream media I don't hear people in the mainstream financial media talking about this as an idea it's just like they're all pretending that everybody's going to get this basket of money and run into this the same truck i mean which leaves them susceptible to this the same difficulties that we saw in the very first chapter or the very first story of the read-through of the book where the two weeks from christmas where the guy comes down and says hey we have to sell the house because in their upper 80s they ran out of money so yeah i just um obviously the, the other rules are very important and you know and i i certainly there's so much to learn there but uh here it's it's i just look at it as like a the base layer of the, of the kind of the pyramid is that look if you can have guaranteed income that's going to be great i mean that is just so helpful it's just such a stress relief it's such a and, and it's also for for a for a surviving spouse too as one gets into the very late senior years you, know, you don't have to be worrying about portfolio theory and trading in and out of things and you don't want to be worried that oh suddenly some geopolitical thing happens and all of a sudden you know when you're 89 years old and like oh my god am i gonna be able to pay my bills or what's gonna happen to me for crying out loud okay i mean it's just like would be so much easier for that person to get a check in the mail or a couple of checks or you know in the mail or obviously wired instantly to their their bank account from some ancient insurance company that's been around since the late 1800s it's been through world war one and world war two and the depression and the group the big stock market crashes and all the stuff that's gone on i mean i just some stable boring frankly place that just like that when they say they're going to send the check they freaking send the check you know with it with a hundred plus year type track track records there's a whole bunch of these companies that are out there and are they the sexiest thing no no, they're not the sexiest thing. I mean, are they? Are they and we're not talking about. We're, we're making a distinction here between investments and growth, and then insuring income. Insurance is a different thing, and so income insurance is, is a very different perspective than saying, "Oh, well, I'm, I'm going to put my money over here because I'm going to have this big bonanza of growth and gains." I mean, that's that's really an inappropriate, in my opinion, just way to characterize fixed income funds. I mean, those are not. That's not. It's not sexy pizzazz. It's it's insurance. For, for money so that it doesn't run out over the lifetime of the individual. Now, so if you separate the two, you want to be talk about sexy, like, you know, hooray, made a lot of money, gains. Well, that's that's a different conversation. And, uh, and separating the two, because when we conflate them, then all of a sudden people get hung up on the fact that, oh, you know, a, a low-risk instrument that's designed to just be there forever isn't going to have the same kind of performance as a tech stock. So it's it's apples and oranges, and so 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 the conversation needs to change, where people need to talk about ensuring basic income, and on, on the one hand, and then if people want to be concerned with growth and planting the money tree, that's that's a different conversation with different parameters and different rules and different considerations, 
And when we mix the two conversations together, the incompatibility of the two just, just runs into each other. And so a person who has a basket, which is their nest egg, who has to worry that if it's invested too aggressively and there's a market turn and they lose the fundamental money that is the basis of their security and retirement, well, that's a problem. I mean, that changes the way you look at things. You can't invest in growth stuff or riskier stuff because you can't handle the ups and downs of these cycles. So if there's a way to separate them, so he said, well, some, we've allocated funds over here to handle the guaranteed income so that we have money that's coming in for life to, to, to put together a bedrock layer of, of fundamental security. And then we're going to take this other money and we're going to make the distinction that the other money, it's, it's not, you don't need it for, for daily living. It's, it's because it's separate. It's, it's allowed to, it's not called upon for income. So therefore it can be left in a position to be able to weather the storms and the ups and downs and stay invested. And remember, if you remember back in the earlier rule, he talked about the, the hedge fund guy who said, well, the only way to make any money in the stock market is to buy and hold forever. Well, hold forever means you're not selling into fear, right? You're not trading around and you know, you're not putting yourself in a business compromise from a position because you're reacting emotionally to the markets. Uh, you, it, it, it's just much more conducive to wealth building to be able to, to to allocate funds to investments and allow them to grow, allow them to to experience some of the ups and downs and the buffeting, uh, no pun intended, uh, to to be able to weather the storms and 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 you know emerge and grow over time. So income is the answer. Yeah, I mean, and that's just really because you know if you're worried about how am I going to get the money to pay my bills or to so again buy bread, eggs, and milk, I you know how how, how happy are you going to be? How how much you know fulfilling time are you going to spend? I mean, if you're sitting there worried about your basic sustenance, that's very hard. That's just stressful. That's not good for your health. It's not good for your relationships. It's not good for your sense of meaning. It's not good for just for anything. It's the security. They use that word security for a reason. I mean, you, what you want to do is be able to nail down security. So it's so it's it's a study, and you got to think about it and look at different things and. Uh, but just being aware that this is a possibility and the story of the lady who uh, who was like, you know, I would never buy an annuity. And I was like, OK, you know, and, what, and just going through the conversation about what an annuity is, how it was. It was income insurance. And by the end, she was like, oh, I didn't I didn't know this was a thing. Right. I didn't know you could do that. And it was like, wow, and I, I wish I'd known about this earlier because in the with the situation she was in and, you know, God love her. She's a beautiful person and I'm not, no, no, I mean, it's I, no fault of hers. She just heard from the media, from the conventional wisdom that you know, somehow just she didn't hear the income story. She just heard that here are these assets that are low risk and, and poorly performance, poor in performance relative to like a basket of tech stocks, which are way riskier which can have ups and downs and have a huge, make a huge difference in terms of your ability to sustain funds. But she's just comparing apples and oranges. But by the time she saw income insurance for the, the, the purpose that income insurance is for, kind of stayed, kind of boring, kind of, you know, low risk is what we're looking for. Like, exactly. That's the way when I think of my wife, I'm like, I want her to get a check from the most boring, long lasting, stable, secure, been there, done that insurance snore, you know, insurance company that possible because that those guys, those, those, those folks are, are, should hopefully, you know, when we're looking at the options available, be around in the future. And that's what I want. I want them to be around. I want them to be there to help provide this sense of security that is enduring and lasts throughout the rest of her life. And I, and I won't, I want the complexity gone. I don't want, I don't want her worrying about all the stuff I know about finances. I mean, it's so funny. There's this little, uh, gif in, uh, in the phone, there's this little girl, she's probably, I don't know, two years old, three years old. And it's one of these like, you little kids, you know, they put these big, the adult expressions on their faces sometimes. 
I don't know what somebody said to this kid, but she's sitting there, her face is in the, like looking forward. And then all of a sudden she rolls her eyes and throws her head like, oh, God, talking about that again. And it's it's hilarious. It's hilarious. And I, I text it to my wife when I'm sometimes I'll be like so into some financial thing and I'll be like, oh, you don't believe this. Look at all this stuff here and look at how this is changing and all that. I just because I'm into it. Right. I'll send her some commentary like I just, I just can't stand it. I have to tell her about it. And then she, then then she can send me back the little kid with the rolling eyes thing, which originally I sent it to her as like, oh, I'll bet you're reacting this way. And then she laughs so hard at it. It's become sort of a, a running you know joke between the two of us just to, to roll the eyes back. But the greater point of this is that I don't want her to have to learn about all the stuff I've learned. You know, and I, and I can't say, oh, here's an advisor. Here's, here's Jane, the advisor, and she's going to be with you forever. I, I, can't, I can't guarantee that. I mean, Jane may retire. Jane may get into a different business. Jane may, I, I don't know. I mean, I want to I set things up in such a way that there's an autopilot element to them. Uh, that so that even if the people that we talked to in the beginning who I really liked or you know interviewed and thought they were good and trustworthy even if they're not there you know in the end you just end up doing business with the with the with the insurance company that you're with and in this case or in the government right and with social security I mean I want you to know how to use social security and understand how that works so you, you you know who to go to when there's a question or an issue or a concern I mean same is true if you work for a big company that has a pension you want to make sure that you know at least the, the people left behind have the ability to get service and ask questions and have their needs met by by entities that are going to survive uh, throughout the decades to come so so that was my one thing right and the, what's what's the one thing that matters the most um, a stable source of income is a, is a hell of a thing to leave for a person even like a special needs person or something or if there's somebody that you you care about who you know it's they might struggle in the future and you don't know for sure and you have the resources to be able to to provide them uh, some ability to have sustained income. That is that is just a mercy and a, and a gift. And uh, so, I mean, it's just coming to see that. And, 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 and in seeing it, it's like then you kind of see where when it's not there and what that's like. And it's hard. So looking for peace and joy and happiness and security and less worry. And I'm also looking for the opportunity for people to benefit substantially. So it's like you know, we'll talk in future shows uh, about how having some funds that you set aside in places where you again you just don't depend on them for income you're not going to disturb those funds and you do that kind of in the early ages of retirement if you can so so you're so you're in your 60s you know people say early ages 60s yeah that's right 60s you set aside funds in your 60s or early 70s or anytime really that you don't disturb and you let them grow and you don't worry about them you don't check them all the time and get all obsessed with what's going on with politics and markets and stuff you you can plant these like a planting a tree in your yard and saying well you know between now and the next 20 years there's going to be some storms might be some you know tornadoes come by there might be hurricanes there might be you know some some bad days but i'm sure there's going to be a lot of sunshine there's going to be some rain which we need and you'd give those trees an opportunity to grow uh without without uh micromanaging too much so that they that they don't so so all right well hey well, that's probably enough for today even though it's kind of a short show income income is my answer what is, you know it's uh uh, the bedrock and it, it, it brings peace of mind and uh, especially simplicity uh, and and the couple that with with the money that's not disturbed and you can have the best of both worlds you can grow in wealth and value and have a legacy uh, but you can also have the peace of mind and security uh, of, of a stable steady income for for life and uh, my, my two main heroes they were my heroes before I knew this stuff and uh, I studied later and like what's going on and I learned more about their situations I'm like hell's bells look at this this is they have this mix that that's this awesome and really gives them the ability to have their cake and eat it too. So, all right, well, hey, well, that's great for today. And as always, uh, you're welcome to email me with questions or discussion points or 
uh, any, anything you like, at ted at tedstevenot.com. Uh, my website is tedstevenot.com, and I've list their books and writings and papers and other things I'm working on. And so you're always welcome to, to go there and see what, what's going on. So well, that's it for today. Um, thank you again for listening. I hope you have a great week and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye.